Wave Chief? Tony. We're on. Oh, let me, uh, I don't know what I was doing here. Okay. We are live, folks. Good afternoon, good evening, uh, and another thing with Dave coming at you live. Dave Smith here, good friend Tony Schultz on the line. Tony, how are you doing this evening? Uh, pretty well, Dave. Good to be with you. Good to have you. Always a pleasure. Um, well, let's get right into it, man. Uh, <clears throat> we were talking about some, uh, some things, and then you mentioned a friend of yours that, uh, well, I'll just let you say it. You were talking with your friend, Roger. Yeah, you know, former right-winger, guy used to be a big Limbaugh fan. That goes back <laughs> years and years, um, and he has since, you know, become much more center, I would say. And, you know, realize that so much of that stuff was, was total crap. But, you know, he, we were talking today and he said, well, I don't know. You want to elect guys like Bernie and, uh, you know, are we going to be a socialist country? Are we going to be like Venezuela? And that kind of stuff never ends well. And I told him, frankly, you know, I, with all due respect, I think that's crap. You know, <laughs> Bernie Sanders and the Democratic Socialists, it's not like we want to own the 7-Eleven on the corner. We're not going to be making your jeans. Okay, that's not what it is. It's about allocating of resources. And basically, we're not spending tons of money on the military. We're not giving big tax breaks to rich people. They're going to have to pay more taxes. And um, those, are the, those are the basic tenets of democratic socialism. You know, and I don't know why people... Well, of course, we know why people keep saying, oh, it's, we're going to turn out like Venezuela. That is clearly not the situation here. Yeah, well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Bernie is not talking about ownership, state ownership. He's never he's never mentioned state ownership of anything, um, even with the health care. He's just talking about cutting out the middleman, which is the insurance agency. So. Thanks for mentioning that because Bernie's Bernie's not saying that at all. Uh, so whether you're for Bernie or not, let's just at least agree to stick to the facts of what the argument is. Right. Uh, that, that's never going to happen, though. But but please continue, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, which facts? Which set of facts? The alternative? Thank you. Th that's it. Dave. I mean, that that's where we're at right now. And that's why, you know, Republicans and Democrats can't come together and conservatives and liberals or progressives, whatever label you want to put on it, cannot come together now because there are just literally two sets of facts. And that's the way yeah. it is. So what kills me is one set of facts that the media likes to use when they talk about Venezuela. Right. Um, and, and you're a history buff, you know, uh, so. You know, this is all it kills me about this, Tony, is, is this is all three or four clicks away nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. So if the media ever says anything that you're questioning, you just go on YouTube, click, 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 go down the rabbit hole, check people that you know are, very, you know, have a, have a decent reputation over time. See if they're talking about the same thing. And if they're not, you're probably not getting a real scoop. Um, and a lot of times they'll be doing a 180 on what we're being told by the, the lames, what I like to call the lamestream media, which is, you know, just about everything you see on cable. But, uh, you know, so, so the one narrative that we get, Tony, is right. Socialism has never worked. Just look at Venezuela. Well, let's look 
Venezuela. So they had a democratic election. Maduro was elected. Um, there is a an international board that investigates elections and decides if they were um, held legitimately or not, right? Mm-hmm. This, this board says absolutely, as a matter of fact, uh, Venezuela's elections are a lot more transparent than those in the U.S. Boom! So yeah, we've, we've had our problems with elections, even right, recently. So, totally legit election. Maduro is the president, elected by the people. Then Donald Trump comes in and says, Juan Guaido is, their, is the leader. Like, whoa, okay, so we tried behind the scenes to do a coup. In 2012, we tried to flat out assassinate Nicolas Maduro, or uh, Maduro, whatever the hell his first name is, I can't remember, um, failed. Then there was that thing, of, remembered like a food, a convoy of food burning at the border. Remember that? I don't. So, so basically we put sanctions on, on Venezuela for like the last 20 years, I think, right. Trying to bring them to their knees. There's an elite, like a light skinned. So there's two factions. There's the, the majority of Venezuela are indigenous people, indigenous, um, native. Then there's these, the elite class, the one, their 1% are light skinned, not indigenous, and own most of the industries and businesses. So what these people have done is teamed with the United States. So when you hear about products not being available, it's not because they're not available. It's because those people pulled the, those products off the shelves. So you can get a steak, no problem, but it's hard to find toilet paper. It's <laughs> wow. Hard, it's hard to find toothpaste. It's hard to find the shit that you need every day. But one of my favorite investigative journalists, I think it was Max Blumenthal, went to Venezuela and he's in a grocery store. It looked like Whole Foods, Tony. He's like, you like oat yogurt? Here's Greek yogurt. Here's low fat, non-fat, full fat. Like it was it looked like Whole Foods. Right. 30 kinds of fucking yogurt. Right. He's like, look around here. Does it look like there's a problem in the grocery store? He's like, no, the problem is that certain people are holding products back and then inflation, partially because of our sanctions. Um, so apparently that's, that's the real issue going on. Well, and, and, oh, and this ties to the beloved Koch brothers, Tony. So, oh, this is, this is good, right? And, and this has just come together for me for like a three-year period from watching different people and documentaries and stuff. Um, so <clears throat> the Koch brothers used to get what's called shale oil from Venezuela, right? Okay. Really, really dirty, similar to the tech, to the Canada tar sands oil. It's like the filthiest, dirtiest, hard to refine, costs a lot of money to refine. The Koch brothers had a good thing going in Venezuela. Well, when Maduro took power, he nationalized shit. And so they lost out on that. So, the Koch brothers were the major force behind the Keystone XL pipeline because that was going to restore their, their revenue flow to what they lost from Venezuela. Right. Hmm. Which is par partially the problem with capitalism. You start forecasting 
your revenues in the future. And now you think you deserve that, right? Like you haven't made that money yet. <laughs> right. Well, we got to keep growing. Yeah. But they took it as a loss when it's like, no, you just didn't make that, <laughs> you know? Um, right. but it, oh, so here we are, they're pushing this the Keystone XL pipeline. We're talking about jobs, energy and security, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that whole pipeline, Tony, is only going to create 75 permanent jobs. God. And the oil goes to China. So, and the pipeline's already burst two times. <laughs> well, that creates more jobs on the cleanup, see? There you go. Well, there you yeah. go, right? Trickle down it's, cleanup. Trickle down. It's like, uh, well, it's like disaster capitalism. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that whole couple of cities burned down up Northern California. Oh, well, we got to rebuild them. See, we just made right. a bunch of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. That's How's creating jobs a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> a, b- a bunch of wealth was wiped out, and now we're going to create jobs to put it back. And so, then, and- yeah, that doesn't really make money, actually. Right. Where's the ge- money generated from that? Exactly. Yeah. You look at, like, so during the whole Trump impeachment circus, which I knew was going to go nowhere because it would take the Senate to approve. Yeah. And we knew they weren't going to do that. And we they, knew they weren't going to do that. That's true. Yeah. So, but yeah. you know, the, what happened during that three ring circus is we tried, uh, we attempted a coup of Bolivia and it failed. Wow. I didn't know you. I didn't even know that. So back to back, we're trying to support this guy, Juan Guaido to take over Venezuela in like a soft coup. We don't actually have any boots on the ground or anything, but then we sent the CIA down to Bolivia to try to overthrow that guy. And his name is eluding me right now. Um, But just unbelievable. And then, so when, and then Nancy Pelosi makes me sick, right? She does all this posturing to make us think that she's anti-Trump and he's the one to fight him and this and that, right? During his State of the Union, he announced that Juan Guaido, you know, the our chosen puppet for Venezuela, was in the audience, and he asked him to stand up. All of Congress gave Juan Guaido a standing ovation. The guy that we're trying to put in power through a coup. Like, the Democrats all stood up and gave a standing ovation. Wow. I mean, doesn't that blow you away? Yeah, we're, we, we're, we complain about others meddling in our elections, and we're, like, taking out governments? Full tilt boogie, right? Thought we weren't doing this anymore. I thought, hasn't that proven to be very unsuccessful? Well, we've seen the blowback from it, right? You want to get into like the the immigrate? What were they calling it? The immigration caravan? Oh, <laughs> right? state of emergency! State of emergency! They're coming, and Tony. It, and as soon as the elections were over, the emergency was over. Oh well, guess what? They're not. They're not coincidence. Coming well, they're still kind of coming, but they're not coming like they were coming. Damn it! Well, I, Tony, they're coming for you, and they're all rapists and drug addicts. They want well, your job, Tony. You know, Dave. We uh, we talk about lies and and truth and this is just one of those big lies that the trump administration and fox news frankly has been supporting is that 
these immigrants, Dave, they're a huge problem for us. And it just isn't so. It just isn't. And yeah. the, the, the caravan is a perfect example, Dave. They're coming to get us. They're out for blood. There's a whole lot of bad hombres. And as soon as those midterm elections. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Bad hombres. Remember bad hombres? A lot of bad hombres. <laughs> we got to get, we got to build this wall. And, you know, again, Dave, what's the truth? What are facts? And what are alternative facts? They presented this to us as an invasion. Trump used the word invasion. Two, yeah. Fox, two Fox News pundits were reprimanded, Dave, for basically using racist language in this regard. Like, these, this isn't something we voted for. Our way of life is changing. The demographics are changing here. This is nothing that we want. It was Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingraham, okay? And if mm-hmm. you go back and look at those, it's just basic racist language, Dave. And they've got yeah. so many of these people fired up thinking these are super problems that we have. And as it turns out, Dave, it's really not that much of a problem. It's just, if it is a problem, Dave, it's not anywhere on the, in the top five. Top 10, maybe not even. Just, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of these things, Dave, where they're flat out lying to you folks. And if you're believing yeah. this, please be a little more skeptical and remember yeah. the types of things that were said and remember what has happened. The wall is just not getting sure. built. Mexico is not paying for this wall. And Shepard Smith, one of the guys that used to be on Fox News, Dave, that had to speak some truth every now and then. Remember, he had a few of those, right? He had to go against his entire network and the Republican Party. Had to just basically come up there and say, nobody's out to get you. You're not in any danger. Like, literally, he had to talk people off the freaking roof. You put down yeah. your gun. They're not coming to get you. I mean, well, and it's crazy because people did pick up guns. Like there were volunteers going to help the the border patrol. Um, and, and first of all, let's 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 just break it down. So an invasion. They're coming. Ninety something. Ninety some odd percent went through the legal channels of asylum. So they went to a legal border and went through the legal channels to seek asylum. So it's not like they were coming and hopping the fence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we knew right where they were going. Yeah. And then let's and then let's pull back. So once again, people can't click four times to fucking learn the history. Right. So where are these people coming from? Honduras. Oh, my God. There's Honduras's government is falling apart after we totally fucked them. Same thing with El Salvador, Guatemala. Like, if you look back, this is all blowback from our foreign policy. Um, and then, but, but one thing I wanted to mention is the guns. I watched a documentary. This woman volunteered for a group that, that volunteered to patrol the border, right? And they're all saying how they're not racist and this and that. <laughs> Well, this chick got it, got so brainwashed by the hype, Tony, that she went, she went rogue. Her and a partner robbed a drug dealer. They thought he was an illegal alien. He wasn't. He sold pot 
at, at night, but he was like a full-time carpenter or plumber or something hardworking dude, right? Mm-hmm. Selling some weed in the evenings. She figured he was an illegal immigrant. And that's all he does is sell weed. So they went and robbed him, accidentally killed him, took his weed, tried to stage the, the, the murder at the, you know, their accident. They accidentally killed the guy got tried for murder, but they tried to stage it as like a drug robbery bad or something from another Mexican or whatever. Horrible. So you get these people riled up where they're thinking other less than human to the point where they're going to fucking go do a home invasion. Dave, it's you can go back to the war of the worlds. Remember, remember that many years okay. ago with that, that scare of the, the space invasion, people go nuts. Oh, Orson, yeah. Remember Orson Welles? Well, that's kind of the same thing, Dave. If peace people, you keep saying this on TV and they keep hearing this on the internet and the radio and some people start really believing this stuff. And that's why this is, this kind of thing is so dangerous, Dave. It's just, it's real. It's out there. You know what? And when you say these things and bad things like that happen, why can't some of these people be sued for that? President right. Trump, why can you, you, you're saying this, you're getting the knuckle draggers and the morons all fired. <laughs> they go out and hurt somebody. How come you're not, that, that free speech? Isn't that like yelling fire in a crowded theater? Thank you. Inciting violence. Inc- right? Inciting violence. Thank you. That's it. That can't be a part of free speech, right? That's the part of free speech that isn't free speech. You can't say, I wish people would go kill all faggots. You can't say, you know, religious people should all be fucking, you know, crucified at the cross. You can't say, you can't say that kind of stuff because some nutbag out there is going to hear it and be like, yeah, yeah, he's right. She's right. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to be the one to do it. Well, and you're, Getting the back to tr- truth and false, Dave, true and false, isn't it true the Trump administration is promoting this? Isn't it true that Fox News is promoting these type of ideas? That's I don't true. see how you could I don't see how you could deny that. How can you deny that? now people will say, Well, it's not racist. Well, it sure sounds racist to me. And second of all, it's just not true. Well, it's, it's just it's, not true. And, and it's planting, so it might not be straight up inciting. Like, you, you take any one comment, and it might not be inciting, right? Right. But you look at the body of, of comments, Tony, mm-hmm. and it's, it's painting these people as less than, you know, in your way, needing to be dealt with, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, you're just you're feeding it to them on a platter. You're just not saying go out and chop their heads off. And it's it's a matter of degree, I think, Dave, is, is what you're what you're getting at. And, you know, you say it once and then you say it five times and then you say it 50 times. And especially considering the source, a lot of people are just going to go out and believe it. I mean, there are people out there, Dave, who think what they're hearing on Fox News is absolutely true. Yeah. And if Trump says it, well, that's the president saying it. He's not a liar. A lot of people will say that he's not a liar. 
Yeah, he's yeah. not a liar. He's calling out the fake news. Yeah. And that, you know, there's another thing too, Dave. If you're constantly saying the news is fake, and I'm the only one that you can believe, doesn't that make <laughs> you skeptical? Well, that makes me thinking, skeptical. Any thinking person would be because you're like, oh, okay, it doesn't have to be corroborated by anybody. If you say it, I believe it. Okay, that that's demagoguery, isn't it? I would say so. I, you know, believe only me. I'm the one who's telling the truth, and you don't need to hear it from anywhere else. And when it comes down to it, with with Donald Trump, Dave is, if it's unfavorable to Donald Trump, then it's, it's fake. fake news. Then that's how we know it's fake. You know, like when the they say that uh, these intelligence agencies are saying Russia's meddling in the elections. I'm all for a healthy skepticism on that. I'm all oh, for yeah. it. Be skeptical oh, yeah. about that. But when they, when they keep saying it and then officials that work in these institutions are coming out and saying, yeah, well, this, this is true. And then Trump keeps saying that it's not true. Sometimes, Dave, you have to go, okay, well, these are the people that are working in these agencies and they're not part of the Democratic Party. Okay? They're not part of the Democratic Party here. And these agencies can, are can, continuing to say this and then presenting evidence to the fact. Sometimes you just got to go, hmm, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, yeah. maybe there's something to it. But I'm, I'm all about, Dave, get a second opinion. Get a third opinion. Yeah. You know, take another yeah. look at it. I'm all for it. But just this well, blanket statement that if it's unfavorable to me, it's fake. To me, that, that's, a, that's not even a red flag, Dave. That's a flag on fire. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it, I don't believe anybody just because, yeah. you know, like skepticism is a good thing. What, what, what's like, you know, it, it's like the second mandatory English class in college is critical thinking. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've heard that. Before you fucking start thinking. writing papers. <clears throat> Anybody wants to hear your thesis or any of that shit, you got to learn how to write a paper utilizing critical thinking. And if you have a bias, you have to be able to back it up. Right. And But you're not supposed to have a bias. You're supposed to, you know, you can have a, a goal and then find articles that, that, that you know, relate to that. But you, you shouldn't be excluding information to to validate your point dave the uh, information the information that you receive should be shaping your opinion thank <clears> you, and you it, opinion. use information to shape to thank shape you. That. opinion should constantly be malleable based on new information received right there you go like like i mean i'll, I'll say it again if if some fucking Republican nut job came out of the woodwork tomorrow, you know, say Bernie was a total scam and had sold us down the river for the last 40 years. <laughs> yeah. But some Republican guy comes out of the woodwork and he's got mm. the right platform. I would vote for the guy in a second. So I'm not tied to any party, any personality. I'm not on a team. That's I'm not, not on a fucking team. I'm not on a team. If Bernie, if Bernie was to get elected, and you and I would be extremely happy about this. But if he doesn't deliver on 
a handful of points that I think we can go over at some point, Dave. Fuck him. I, you're right. I could look in, in the next four years going, gee, thanks, Bernie. Um, the way I am with Obama, Dave, I'm like, I think there's a lot of good things that he did, but there's a lot of things that he didn't do well. I Thank don't, I don't want to see him have another four, even though he doesn't get another four years, but I, you know what? No, I don't <laughs> have another four years. I want somebody to pick up the, the baton and move a bunch of those things forward and do better than he did. Thank, Thank you. I agree. Like, and you give Obama a lot more credit than I do. Uh-huh. I think, I think he was a bastard. I, I call him the Trojan horse. Like he's the best Republican the democratic party ever had. <laughs> um, okay, see, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. But you okay. know, I, I respectfully disagree. You know, I, I, I he was very well spoken and that after George Bush was like night and day like wow this man can put together a sentence that's fucking a well, great place to start but also david the reason i give him some props is because he inherited a ter- he inherited oh, like for all the small sports fans we can all all get into this he inherited an Owen 16 football team and he got us to the playoffs okay you're not going to win the super bowl but he got us to the playoffs i want the guy that's going to win the super bowl that's Thank where you. I'm at. Yep. I hope that analogy clear, clears that up. But from what he inherited from George W. Bush to what he bequeathed to Donald Trump, to me, he's got to get some credit for that. You know? Well, and he, and he should. And I, and I give him credit for that. Where I tear him down is he had, and this is a thank Thank you, Jimmy Dore, from the Jimmy Dore Show, one of my favorite comics and one of my leading sources of news now for this tidbit of information. But uh, I forgot that Obama had a Democratic Congress and Senate. For two years. For two years, right. So Jimmy Dore pointed out he could have fucking rammed home universal health care. He could have slam dunked it. Boom. But the fucking establishment Democrats didn't want it. Right? Yeah, and he got a watered-down version of the health care. Which, once again, I'm quoting Jimmy Dore, is is essentially Romney care. It's it's the plan that Mitt Romney came up with. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. So we got Romney care instead of universal health care. We got all the wars continued. We got the bankers bailed out instead of the homeowners. We got the drone war campaign. We, we had an, it, the onset of assassinations by drone started under Obama. Did you know Obama also built the border detention cages that we're using to cage children and separate them from their families now? Those were built on Obama's watch. Hmm. Uh, so he did a bunch of shitty stuff. You know, like the big one, the big one um, is when he he got a letter from, I think it was the CEO of Citibank. Here's who I suggest you put in your cabinet. And it was a list of, I think, 25 or 26 people. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them got a position in the Obama cabinet. Yeah, pretty swampy. Yeah, pretty and swampy, right? So basically, the bankers picked our administration. I think Larry Summers was part of that, right? 
I believe you're right. Yeah. So, so, you know, so I don't play this game of this team, that team. It's, it's about the right. policies. And as a matter of fact, so a lot of this hype, sorry, I'm on a, I'm on a rant right here, Tony. I'm going to give you <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna the baton in a second here. I want to hear your feedback on this idea. So everybody's saying Bernie bros need to tone it down. I got a friend on Facebook, a uh, former musician. He's a, uh, he's does stock trading for a living. You know, he's got his feet in a lot of camps, but he's a Democrat. And he's like, man, these Bernie bros got to just tone it down. Bah, 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 bah. But he's not saying anything about the news slighting Bernie. Right. Hmm. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you is, is so the media is giving us this hype that if Bernie wins, it's going to be the death of the Democratic Party, and we can't have that. So it, it, my personal opinion is it's a house of cards built on corruption. It needs to be destroyed and rebuilt. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are simply this, Dave, that I want to see the party and the country move in a more progressive direction. I, I want this... I'll, I'll use uh, Trump's rhetoric, America first, American citizens first. We're I not spending it. money overseas. We're not giving tax breaks to millionaires and billionaires and these corporations and not letting them use their money, you know, to hijack elections and to buy politicians. <laughs> Tell us how we're going to run the country. And something that you and I had talked about before, Dave, we're not going to give subsidies to corporations. We're not giving subsidies to the oil and gas company. We're going to take that money. We're going to pay down the debt. We're going to build infrastructure and we're going to use it for education and healthcare. Is that, why is that so crazy? Why is that so revolutionary? How is that, how is that even progressive? Well, I, I mean, it's just a dip. you call it whatever you call it whatever you want, liberal or progressive or whatever label you want to put on it. But I just think the whole difference is how do we allocate our resources? You know, they talk wow. about you talk about so many. They they talk about oh, the redistribution of wealth. They want to take from the people who have it to give to to lazy people who don't want to do anything. Well, how about not giving you know Mike Bloomberg a tax cut? He doesn't need a tax cut. Yeah. And how about, how about Amazon why? paying federal income tax? Exactly. Jeff, Jeff Bezos needs another yacht. Is that, you know, a, a good friend of mine, um, Mark Loisey, not a big political guy at all, Dave. Really doesn't follow it very much at all. Um, doesn't have any formal education as far as politics goes. But he kind of nailed it with a sentence talking about our. Um, um, political situation, and he says, "Well, our country is kind of works like this. It, it's kind of set up so the guy with two yachts gets a third. I thought that summed it up pretty well. Boom! Yeah. In a fucking nutshell, right? Yeah. Now, now, you and I smack our heads against the theoretical or wall uh, uh, all the time with this one." How do people vote against their own interests? And that's what gets me because it's so <laughs> yeah. transparent, right? Like, so <clears throat> Jeff Bezos just bought uh, David Geffen's 165 
million dollar mansion in LA, right? David wow. Geffen was like the richest Geffen record Records, executive yeah. of all time, right? Like he's a, he's a, like a representative of the excess that was the recording industry, right? Mm-hmm. So Bezos just bought that thing. It's uh, like they listed it. It's like a three hot houses, which I guess are like greenhouses, enclosed greenhouses. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, full nine hole golf course, tennis courts, <laughs> like, you know, nauseating. Right. Right. It's like a small village. Right. Um, but the motherfucker couldn't pay income taxes. Now, how do you get people? Uh, Tony and I have a mutual, well, I would call him an acquaintance at this point because his politics pissed me off so much. Super nice guy, Andy. Uh, Tony, you have, a, you have a much closer relationship. You have a much closer relationship with him. Um, he's nicest guy, right? But great guy, great come guy. To a, yeah. Come to a couple things, and he's not a stupid guy. Come to a couple no. things. He's fucking stuck on stupid. And one of them being he's a postal worker, but he's he'll vote Republican no matter what. And the, the Republican Party is trying to privatize the post office right now. <laughs> well, and Dave, why do people believe this stuff? Because I think some of that media and I don't agree that all media is just always lying to us, but there is that narrative of you know people have what people get is because they earned it and how dare you take it away from them and tell them how to spend it right Right? and it's like well you guys if we want to run a society society needs money to run on and we get that from citizens paying taxes that's how it works thank you well and so say you're um Pick pick a historical bankster family name. Who do you want to be a descendant of? <laughs> right. You like yeah. uh you like the Carnegies, you like Rockefellers, like what oh, come on, pick a name. Uh, I would say well for as far as banking would be JP Morgan. Okay, so so you're a descendant of the Morgan uh dynasty, right? The house of Morgan, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you haven't worked a day in your life. You're, you were born with a bank account with like, say, so Trump was given 200 million. Here you go, son. Here's a little, <laughs> here's a little startup money for you. 200 million. You think you can start a mom and pop like shoe repair business for that? <laughs> and then, you know, of course, he, anyway, not going to get into Trump. But anyway, so you get the point. JP Morgan, you're a, you're a Morgan. So my point being that the statistic that I just read, 60% of billionaires inherited their wealth, Tony. Mm -hmm. So we're getting to a point where the majority of the uber rich have never worked a day in their life. It might have been their great grandpappy that started a business. Right. So what the fuck benefit do we get from fucking uber rich lazy fucks that don't do anything or really know anything or contribute anything what 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 benefit do they bring society (laughs) um thank you yeah i agree 
And, and I almost I think I agree with Bernie Sanders on this point where I don't think billionaires should exist because I think that you're getting to the level of peasantry and the kings. Um, hmm. You know, and, and I mean, nothing wrong with making money. You and I agree on this. But what's wrong with nine hundred ninety nine million? <laughs> Well, you know, I, there was a, a clip of Ronald Reagan that I saw recently. I've seen it a couple times where he just says, so you think the millionaire should pay less than the bus driver in taxes? This is Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan lowered taxes quite a bit. He raised them several times. But from what, where it started and where it finished, he was a guy that wasn't really into taxing rich people that much. And even he said that, Dave. Oh, he lowered point. He lowered the corporate tax rate uh, tremendously. Absolutely, absolutely did. The whole Reaganomics trickle down, trickle down economics is also called Reaganomics. That's where we get it. I mean, it it goes back, you know, to the Calvin Coolidge era too. But you know, the the Reagan Revolution, a big part of that was this tax cut. But even he. There was even a line for him, apparently. He made that statement. Millionaire pays less in taxes than a bus driver, less effective tax rate than a bus driver. That's ridiculous, but that's where we're at now. We've yeah, been yeah. this way for a long time, and it just seems to get worse. And you talk about people voting against their own economic self-interest. I've heard people say, why, you know, I don't care if the millionaire and the billionaire gets a bunch of money back as long as I get my cut. Right. I've heard, right. That. I, I heard that too. The people right now with Trump going like, hey, my 401k is doing great. Yes. Right. I've heard it. He's managing their 401k investments. <laughs> well, but here, here's the problem with that, Dave, is because here again, lies and truth. They keep telling us with trickle down economics that it pays for itself. That's one of the aspects of it, right, Dave? It pays for itself because the, the economic activity that is generated from it means this debt is going to get wiped out. Well, what happened to the deficit and the debt under Trump? And he gave us those tax cuts that went to Double. the top. It's went sky high again. So obviously, as, as the, the, the line that it pays for itself, Dave, we can be honest with ourselves and say, that was a lie. Right. And it and it doesn't lift up and it doesn't raise the bottom. That was the other half of the lie is tr trickle down. It's going to trickle down from the top. Right. The bathtub will flow up, fill up, and then all boats will rise. Right. Right. And that's it really the, doesn't right? work that way. We're in the worst uh, economic. We're, we're in the worst period of economic disparity in the United States in the last hundred years. So if trickle-down economics worked, poverty would be eliminated. I, I would own a house. You'd probably, you know, you'd probably be looking at, you know, going on vacation to some exotic place here pretty soon. You know, like, so would I, right? Well, it, it's it certainly different. It, it didn't work. It didn't work the way they said it. And now it's become with a lot of folks on the right, Dave. Well, it's just fairness. See, they earn the money. It's their money. They can do with, with it what they want. And if you are, you know, if the government is the arbiter of how this is spent, that's somehow tyranny. 
It, it's, yeah. it's tyrannical that Jeff Bezos would have to pay more in taxes. That's tyranny to Republicans, Dave. And I, I just look at that and I go, why are these people, why do they get so bummed out when rich people might have to pay more in taxes? My, my friend of mine, Jason Gooding, really smart guy, but he's pretty right wing. You know, uh, he made some comment to me to the effect of, you know, it's these guys, it's their money. They earned it. Why should they pay any more in taxes? And he said specifically a quote, he's like, oh, the rich pay, the rich pay enough in taxes. Believe you me. Well, let's look at that. Right. What? So you buy income, right? But before we even get our check, they took their chunk, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a nice chunk. It's 25, between 20 and 25% for each of us, I, I would imagine. Mine's yeah, right at least a quarter, sometimes even as much as a third. Yeah, mine's right around 25. Um, yeah. But, you know, and then I can weasel some deductions here and there. But, um, <clears throat> but right around 25. Um, but just, so say, let's go back to you being, you know, uh, you know, some whatever super pompous first name we could think of Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ass crust Morgan, whatever. Um, so you're born with $200 million in your trust fund, right? Now you hire somebody to trade that for you. So if you don't work a, like a, a labor job, and your only work is trading stocks, why aren't, why isn't every, every trade taxed? Because for some people that is their work, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be the income tax. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, they don't get taxed because they don't get taxed with the capital gains at the same rate as income tax. It's a different tax rate, right? So if you instituted a tax on each trade, and I think Bernie Sanders suggested like a quarter of a cent or a half of a cent. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren had a two cents. I think she had the wealth tax and she had the one where every trade would have a, you know, pretty small tax. Right. That every trade is done. Every trade on wall street. That's, that's done. Well, fuck, you and I can't go to an ATM without paying two or three bucks. Everything has a little little surcharge to it, Dave. So how the fuck are these people with all the money getting away without paying for that for the for, per trade? And the, right? the, the, the answer to that question is, Dave, because they make the rules. Thank That's you. Why. But we, we give them, they get all these tax breaks. They turn around and take that money and use it against working class and poor people in that they buy politicians to make what, what they want law. And guess what? It always favors them. <laughs> That's the way it works. And, and, and like, oh, like unions suck, Dave. If you're a Republican, unions suck. They, they kill jobs. Because, you know, make all these rules and get to pay all these people money and so now nobody can no, nobody can go and hire you. Well, let me before Trump's latest tax cuts, Dave, that came out a few years ago, right? Weren't yeah. all these people still that we're talking about either rich, super rich? You use the word Uber, I would use the word hyper, 
or hyper rich, right? Yeah. They were still totally rich. So So why then did we need to cut taxes more to incentivize them to invest in the economy? They didn't already have enough money to do that before? And they weren't investing in the economy before. They were investing in their own companies, artificially boosting stock. Yeah, buying back their own stock. That used to be illegal, by the way. Right, and it should be because what are you doing? You're artificially inflating the value of something which you can then turn and sell, right? Right. How how is that good for the economy? It's creating another product. You're creating a bubble. Right? You're creating a little um, micro bubble, right? Yeah, if it's artificially being inflated, that's that's a bubble. It's not built on any solid foundation, that's for sure. So here, here, here's what I wanted to uh, riddle me this, if you will, Tony. Right? So you said you said trickle down economics failed. I want to mm-hmm. th- I want to I want to be a contrarian, and I want to say no, it worked fantastically. Yeah. For what it was set out to do, but what what it was set out to do, and what they told us it was going to do, two totally fucking different things. It was to consolidate wealth and to to suck wealth from us up to the one percent, right? Mm-hmm. And it worked like a charm, and that it worked wonderfully. There's no doubt about that. Some and- people still look at Reagan. So Zerby. I'm not going to throw full names out there because this is going public. So the Zerbmeister dude, best president of all time. Wow. Wow, really? Ronald fucking Reagan, really? The creator of homelessness as we know it today. He created it by, by, by shutting down mental institutions. Well, I mean, there's just a number of things, Dave, but this whole idea that if you give, here's, here's the whole formula here for it, Dave. The whole basic idea is the proper way to incentivize poor people is to make sure they have less. The proper way to incentivize <laughs> rich people is to make sure they have more. That's yeah. what they're giving us. Because remember, if you give poor people free stuff, they get lazy and they won't work for it. But if you give rich people a bunch more, pull, they're going to go out there, invest, and create jobs. Yeah. So that's get- the whole fundamental sure. philosophy behind this. That's that is brilliant analogy. I I think you just fucking nailed it with. Yeah, I, I heard that that slogan, that saying before, so I don't want to you know give myself it, the credit for that. But I, it, it, it's absolutely true. It's brilliant in its succinctness. It's almost like to a meme it boiled it down yes. to the epitome of of the truth right it's a bumper sticker you could put that one on a bumper sticker yeah yeah they should <laughs> yeah and what gets me tony is that is the people that just like like i like like we keep saying i don't have allegiance to anybody i'm not I, on a team I walk through this world with my eyes open and my ears open and I hear shit and I see shit and I pay attention and probably not as much as I could. Definitely not as much as I could. And, and my memory's not as good as it could be. But for fuck's sake, Tony, really? Who is a cheerleader for Ronald Reagan? 
right wingers love the guy, Dave. Absolutely how, love him. He wasn't conservative, dude. He was radical. Right? I think that's radical. I, I mean, think giving yeah. tax cuts to people that are already rich is radical. And what I think is more radical, Dave, is that history has proven to us it doesn't work in the way they said it was supposed to work. It was supposed to be this helps poor and working class people. Okay. Right. And it pays for itself. It it's going to create more doesn't. jobs so and better jobs. So you'll be doing better in five years than you are now. And it just doesn't work that way. And what it people are going to tell you now, what the Zerbies of the world are going to tell you now is, well, look how good the economy is. Well, the economy was actually doing pretty good under George Bush until it crashed. And, like, and, and what I want to say to those people is the, you're talking apples and oranges. Yes, certain policies affect the economy, but it never takes effect this quarter, right? Like, and, and the only policies that really do that are the ones that create bubbles by deregulation. So you deregulate something, people go investment hog wild, spec, you know, uh, uh, speculation, 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 the bull, and then finally the bubble bursts, a bunch of people lose their ass but the people that made their money get out you know before before the shit hits the fan Mm -hmm. and it repeats over and over and over and the and if you have enough money you can hire a hedge fund manager and you can and and this should be illegal like how there's no money generated so once again you're jp morgan right so i invest with you and i want to bet that the oil market is going to tank, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet I'm, I'm, so I'm investing in a hedge, hedging my bet. So I'm basically betting that a company is going to fail uh, and, or, and that's called a put option. So, but there, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a financial person. At all. So, but there's put <laughs> options and then there's hedging. So, and both of them are betting that a company you're investing, that the company will do more poorly. And if they do, you get paid. Now, explain right. that to me. You're playing right. both sides. You're but but explain this. But explain you make widgets, right? I'm going to bet that you're, I'm going to put a, do a put option for a million bucks that your widget factory, you know, Tony, you know, Schultz widgets is going to produce less next quarter than it did this quarter, or that the price per widget is going to drop. And if it does, then I get paid. How does, there's no money generated there. You're not selling widgets, so there's no money from the widgets. You're actually selling less. Where was the money created? Yeah, I don't get, I never did understand that. it it's was much easier for me to understand what with stocks is like, you know, or prop real estate or whatever, right? Dave, like you buy when it's low, right? Like oh, this up. market's, this market's not looking good. So I'm going to dump it. I'm going to sell all my stuff, collect all the money. And then it crashes. And then you have a bunch of liquid and the stuff that you just got out of the value has gone way down and you could buy it back at a discount that I understand. Yep. 
Yeah, I understand that. But the other one, the hedge your bets and you bet a company's not going to, it's going to fail and you get paid. Well, did you have stock? Did you sell your stock in that company before it went? Right. What was created? I don't get what was created. The widgets, there weren't widgets that were created. Right. The company's doing poorly. They can't hire more people. So it's money being created out of thin air because now it's all zeros and ones on a computer and there's no gold standard, right? It's fiat currency. Yeah, that's above my head. That's there, I need. There's I need this amazing document called Zeitgeist, the addendum. And it breaks it down in layman's terms, just like here is your financial system. And it's harrowing. Heroin. Well, that's why I'm a Robert Reich guy. He is somebody, you know, that that knows this kind of stuff inside and out and can explain it in layman's terms. I think he's yeah, really in, quite good at that. And in 10 minutes or less, he can give you like a boom, 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 boom. Right. Here now have a basic. How, this is how it works. Yeah. Oh, so I pulled up <clears throat> Reaganomics on Wikipedia. I wanted to give a little... Uh, just a little breakdown. So, yeah, economic policies, excuse me, created by Ronald Reagan during the 1980s, associated with and characterized as supply side economics or mm-hmm. economics or voodoo economics by political opponents. <laughs> George W. George H. W. Bush is the one who used the term voodoo to describe voodoo. that policy. And the four pillars of Reagan's policy were to reduce the growth of government spending, reduce federal income tax and capital gains tax, and reduce regulation. There you go. So he led to what? The the collapse of the savings and loan industry, right? That was under his watch. He He did go after them pretty hard after it happened, but he sort of set the groundwork for that to occur. Direct result of his deregulation. Of deregulation, exactly. Direct result. He deregulated those banks. Then they fucking spread themselves way too thin, started investing in stuff that they were prohibited from before. They were prohibited from speculating before, right? Well, wasn't it, Dave, that they had to have, for every buck that they invested, they had to have a certain amount of money behind it just in case, and then... The deregulation part said, oh, I guess we can just, we can gamble all of it. Yep. You're right. That's kind of the basic analogy of that. I believe, I believe both things happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, this documentary, Zeitgeist, the addendum, it's down. So our banking system is basically called fractional reserve banking, meaning you only have to have in reserves a fraction of what you loan out. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. So the bank only has to have one tenth on hand of what it loans out. Sounds like you can get a run on the bank, and then when you do, you're screwed only the because first, you you can't exactly. make up the money. Exactly. Only the first, say, ten people that did the run on the bank would get paid. Then the bank would get get hip to it close their doors because they can't pay everybody because that they lunt out more money than they took in right but by, by nine to one tony 
Yeah, and that's why nine to one. And that's why some regulations, folks, are necessary. They're not all job killers. And when people keep saying this, and here's another truth and false, Dave, true and false. They keep saying that regulations kill jobs. Well, the lack of regulations, as we saw in the last crisis of 2000, 2008 and begin to slide in 2007, there weren't enough regulations and the economy collapsed. See, folks, both things can be true in this case. Well, the, this idea that deregulation, deregulating everything is just so much better is just not true. You know history better than I do, Tony. Tell me when the last time over-regulation tanked the economy. You know, I, I'm certainly not an, an economic historian, Dave. Um, I would say that, you know, all regulations need to be looked at, what works and what doesn't. But we just proved that a lack of regulations, especially in the financial sector, can have devastating consequences. It's been proven. That's it. There's no more well, we, if ands or buts about it. We saw that the tw- the deregulation of the twenties led to the Black Friday of nineteen twenty nine, right? That's right. Then Glass Steagall was instated. Um, well, yep, Glass Steagall was instated. Then Reagan deregulated massively. We saw the collapse of savings and loans as a direct result. <clears throat> direct result. We had a recession. That George H.W. Bush ended up paying the price, not getting reelected. Yep, huge recession. <clears throat> then we saw the Enron scandal, once again, direct result of, of deregulation. Yep, there it is. Um, and, then we, and then we saw the housing collapse. Yeah. So just like in our lifetimes, that's like four hmm. major recession. So which was kind of like a depression, but they just didn't want to use the D word, right? Well, it, it, it may not have gone that far because the Great Depression, the numbers that I've heard about the Great Depression is 25% of the workforce unemployed and then another big part of the, the workforce underemployed. So when you talk about 10%, 12% um, unemployment, oh my God, those numbers are staggering. How about try 25% and then a bigger portion and another portion after that, oh, they don't have anywhere near full-time employment. And when yeah, that happens, well, what, what happens to wages, Dave, but when then, those kind of things same, happen? Yeah, right. They plummet. They but plummet. Then at, the same, at the same time, though, Tony, we had Occupy. A bunch of people lost their houses. People are working two, three jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's... You know what I just heard somebody say? I'm celebrating. I'm down to two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) They were serious, dude. They were like, yeah, woohoo. Life's getting good. Now, I would I would want to clarify that. I want I'd want to have that clarified because like, okay, so you have a couple different jobs. Well, how many hours are you working? How many hours do you need to work? to live a decent standard of living. Yeah. That's, that's where I come into it. You know, Dave, that's how I look at it, you know, because he goes, remember, remember McDonald's a few years ago said, Oh, you can, you can make a living working at McDonald's if you work 80 hours a week. 
They right. actually put that out. I couldn't believe they were guys. Are you stupid? Are you, you seriously going to say this to people? If you work 80 hours a week, you could, a single person could make it. It's like, pfft, how is that a life? Yeah. Shoot yourself now. <laughs> 80, 80 hours a week. That is just not realistic. 80 hours a week burning yourself at the fry basket or on the flipping <laughs> burgers and like just in the most miserable shit box of a place wearing a fucking polyester uniform stained with grease that smells like grease. Oh my <laughs> man. Dude, when I drove Uber, I would pick I a couple times I picked up fast food workers and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Like gagging, like, oh, I had to roll the window down and turn my heater on so that they wouldn't be cold, but I could fucking get fresh air. Oh, God. <laughs> Dave, I worked in restaurants. Okay. I didn't work, never worked in a fast food place, but I worked in restaurants. It's a hard job. It's dirty. It's fast. It's, it's a lot of work. You're on your feet. You know what I mean? And, you know, unless, unless, I don't know, you're a bartender or a waiter at really popular places you're not making a lot of money. No. You know? You're getting guess, by and you're busting your ass. And you are busting it, you know? And, okay, people, so you want to vote for a party that um, says you shouldn't have Social Security, that you don't get benefits, that uh, health care is a commodity just like any other, and they can charge whatever they want. Really? You're okay with that? That works for you? Okay. Feel well, free. And you know you know what gets me, Tony, and pff, nobody's brought this up. No candidate has brought this up. Imagine a world without mass shootings. Imagine a world with free mental health care. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, think I just fucking wrote a bumper sticker right there, bro. I think it's great. And I hope we can we can at least try that, but get that past so many individuals, Dave. Because as another one of my friends, and I I won't say his name, but he said, "Look, I can't vote for Bernie Sanders because I'm afraid he's going to bankrupt the country." They're looking at these Jesus policies Christ. and they're saying, "Well, that's going to bankrupt us." And yet, these are the folks that vote that can be talked into more to perpetual war. They Tony. can be talked into that. Oh my God. Where Don't do you it. go with that? Where, Where do you go with that? You start talking right? about other things. You have <laughs> to change the subject or you're going to be like, you fucking stupid motherfucker. Right. Yeah. And you, and you don't want to do that, right? Because I understand. I mean, I, I know the guy too. And he's nice. Once again, good hearted, good hearted man. Good person. Good person. And, and this is over, you know, I've known the guy for fucking 40 years at this point. Yeah. Good wow. man. Good man. Junior high school. Couldn't, could not disagree with him more on this. And like, if he wasn't so huge, like I would take him to the mat on it. <laughs> but he'd kill me. <laughs> but, oh my God, it's, it's, it's infuriating because there's no there there. Like, Oh, I, I, I just I, can't get it. I don't get it either, Dave. It's like you're seeing the policies that you keep voting for. And you see how they've in recent 
memory now, they've absolutely collapsed and failed. And yet you run right back to it. Right back to the get it. How does right back to the Roach Motel? Like, why? How can I how come they can talk you out of healthcare? Right? They can talk you out of higher education. They can talk you out of infrastructure spending, but they can talk you into perpetual war and tax cuts for the rich. How does that happen? Thank you. And these perpetual wars, Tony, as you and I agree, they make us less safe. Every bomb that drops and kills one innocent civilian, that's a 50-50 chance that that civilian that survived is going to become a terrorist that hates America because how would you feel Wouldn't if you? all of a sudden – you're playing football, and the next thing you know, your family's dead. Yeah. I, I'm at a wedding, and a bomb goes off. Half the family and the guests get killed. And I, because oh, that's of, that, th- those are the terrorists that, that those are ISIS fighters. I hate ISIS now. Even that's it. That's there the way was, it works. Even if there was one ISIS person there, you don't take out the whole wedding party. It to, sure doesn't get to me. To, to get one, you just created 25 or 150 terrorists to get one. Now there's 150 more. Well, that's exactly what um, it was. Colin Powell's, um, one of the guys in his group, I forgot what, what title that is. I forgot the gentleman's name, but he worked for Colin Powell. And he said the exact same, Colin Powell's chief of staff. And I'm forgetting the gentleman's name now, but a military guy, obviously. And he says, you know, how does it, how are we reducing terrorism if by killing one of them, you create seven? Well, thank you. And that's the case. Sorry, I think think that leads to to, to my next statement, which is the goal wasn't to eliminate terrorism, the goal was to create anarchy so that we could justify our presence there. Right. And if, if anarchy breaks out, now we have an excuse to stay because, well, right. we got to stay and, and get things to settle down. We're trying to restore democracy here. Right. When all we're really trying to do is get some oil. Yeah, or, <laughs> you know, this whole thing perpetuates itself, Dave. And I hope and I, you know, I understand it's been reported on um, some of the news channels that um, we might be signing an agreement with the Taliban to end hostilities in Afghanistan. I hope that's the truth. And I talked to our mutual friend, Dave, in our sentiment text, and I said, if Trump accomplishes this, this is a major feather in his cap. And Dave, again, I'm not on a team. I'm just saying, if he's able to get out of this, I'm going to applaud the president. I'm going to be, this is great. Good. Get out of it. Once again, I don't care who it is. And he probably wasn't even at the meeting, but (laughs) right. Come on. He was probably a Burger King when somebody else had the meeting. (laughs) But it's one of those things that's under his watch. He's going to get some credit for it. And I, and I'm fine with that. Just let's get our guys out of there. I'll be the first to give him credit for it, Tony. I'm just trying to, I was just being funny. I know. I, I understand. I understand. I'm just. I fully agree with you right there. I will fucking salute the president. Thank you very much. 
I, I salute him for passing the Farm Bill, which included legalizing hemp for the first time in 1937. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yep. So included in the Farm Bill. And once again, you know, he probably didn't even know it was in there. <laughs> well, he's, not a, he's not a reader. No. And it was buried in 450 pages of shit. So, yeah. But yeah, somebody I wouldn't it in there and he signed it. So for the first time since 1937, farmers can legally grow hemp. And as a farmer said, we make twice as much growing hemp as we do growing wheat. Wow. They can grow it in Manitoba, Canada, right across the border. Why can't I grow it in Montana? Right? Makes sense. 25,000 different products. So potential economic boom right there. Not to mention a guy just built a plane out of hemp plastic and fueled it with hemp biofuel. Wow. So game changer. That's not going to make but, the oil and gas companies happy. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And you know, they shoot first and ask questions. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to come back to real quick was Bernie's going to bankrupt the country. Mm-hmm. That's wow. what he said. Wow, right? I mean, like, I mean, even Tucker Carlson doesn't go that balls to the wall. Really? <laughs> like, Tucker Carlson is actually, like, a pretty good voice for Bernie. Um, I don't know how he's allowed to do that on Fox, but every once in a while, he'll yeah. totally break rank and just be like, this is bullshit. Like, he's being treated the same way Donald Trump was. I heard him say this. Bernie is being treated the same way Donald Trump was in 2016. And nobody's talking about it. Why? Bam. Yeah, every, every now and then he does say things that I agree with. And other times he sounds like he's, you know, the, the mouthpiece for the Klan. I don't, I don't oh. get Tucker sometimes. You know what I mean? Get him. And I don't get how he doesn't get fired when he breaks rank like that. Yeah. Well, like Shepard Smith was on there for a long time. And Chris Wallace is still there. And those guys, they they didn't follow the party line, Dave. They yeah, did, they really well, didn't. But so so the bankrupting the country thing, the the um. So right now we pay twice what any other country does for healthcare, twice, and it makes sense. Like the most basic, you know, breakdown. You just you take out the middleman, right? Like it go to Home Depot. You get a better price. Go to your corner hardware store. It's a little more expensive. Go to your corner liquor store to get a gallon of milk or a quart of milk. It's twice it's more, as expensive. It's ex- more expensive, you, right? If you go to the grocery store, right? You're paying for the convenience. Is what you're you're paying for, in this case, we it's not a convenience, no right? Convenience. Yeah. Because you have Blue Cross Blue Shield. Okay, where can I go? Oh, I can only go here, 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 and here. There's a bunch of hospitals in town. You can't go to 75% of them because they're not in your plan. Yeah, why aren't they all under one thing? I mean, why? Like, I guess that's what Bernie's trying to do. And by just doing that, Tony, and this, this is not from the Bernie camp. This is from an, an economist. By just doing that, the, I think it was the, it was either the New York Times or the Washington Post. Uh, they they did the math on it. It'll save fifty percent, half. 
half. And, and this, Tony, we would pay half as much for our healthcare system nationwide, and everybody would be covered. As it is now, there's an estimated 80 million people that are undercovered and 40 million that are uncovered. Wow. Right? Like, I have health coverage. I just can't afford to use it. See, that sounds like a real crisis to me, Dave. That sounds like, you know, <laughs> state of emergency stuff. I haven't been to the doctor in a year and a half. I can't really afford to go. I have sleep apnea. You know what that is? Yeah. You know, I wake up every night. I wake myself up like, <laughs> can't breathe. And like, and, uh, and apparently people die from it and shit. Like, and I stayed over at my brother's last weekend. And my mom stayed there and, sh and she's like, man, I couldn't get back to sleep because every time you would stop snoring, I wondered if you died. <laughs> Yikes. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I don't trip on it because I just roll over and I, you know, I'm able to, but I guess people do die from sleep apnea. It's, it can be a problem. And the whole thing boils down to that you can't go and see a doctor because it'll it's cost me the out of pocket money. $6,500 until I reach 6,500. It's out of pocket. And why are we okay with this people? I'm trying to save money, Tony. I, I want to step, I want to pull myself up by my bootstraps. So I'm like, okay, well, what can, what corners can I cut dental and healthcare? Right. So I haven't been to a dentist in like three years now. Yeah. Jeez. It just, but like, and and that's another scam. Bernie wants to put dental under healthcare. How is dental care not healthcare? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like they kind of should go together. I mean, it seems like if yeah. you go to a hospital, I don't understand why there's not a wing for dentistry. Seems you, like, you, or or that doesn't even really matter. But like you said, it, it should just be. I'm covered. I cover my eyeballs too. Just I'm covered. Right. You should just be covered, right? I'll tell you though, Dave, um, my phone is going to die here pretty soon, but please continue. Well, I'm rambling a little bit, Tony, but I think, you know, <laughs> we, we've had a, a great conversation here. And, and the, 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 the gist that I would like to leave this on is the BS that that doing what every other country in the world does will cost us way more and we can't afford it. Like the only people perpetuating that argument are the ones getting filthy rich off, off of us not making a change. Well, and, and here's what I go, David, to, Yes, and you and I have talked about this a million times. You know, yes, Democrats leave a lot to be desired. Okay, they they're open to plenty of criticism, but you've got one party, Dave, saying that you can't have this, and the other party is going, "Well, I guess you could have it, but most of them don't really care." Okay, the progressive wing, I think, does care. Yeah. The rest of them, I, I think, they're you know, well, if if either it if it, either it it works or it doesn't, I'm I don't really you know, swing one way or the other, but the Republican party is very clear on this, Dave. 
These things are stupid. These things are socialist. The countries that do them are failing. Very sad. Right? Never work. Never work. Never work. It's never worked. And that's not just I'm using a Trump, a bad Trump impression there, but you can go down through Fox News, uh, right wing hate radio. Tony, MSNBC. All these things are worthless. MSNBC, even CNN, CBS, well, see, and NBC. I'm, I'm watching CNN and MSNBC, Dave. I'm not hearing a lot of that. I'm not well, hearing a lot of this stuff. I, this stuff what I did hear is socialism doesn't work and it's never worked. I've heard that on, on all those. Well, no, they're because they they do have you know right wing people on there from time to time talking about stuff. So yeah, that that does get thrown around. But the basic message from people on the left, Dave, is socialism isn't going to kill you. It's not going to lead to Venezuela. It's not. We're not going to end up being right. So but, at the, but at the same time, those same people will try to talk us into just improving the Affordable Care Act, right? Well, they, they're going to go, a lot of times they're going to go middle of the road, Dave, but again, that's that whole, that whole idea too, is we can't go too far out there because that's crazy. Yeah, Bernie's, Bernie's nuts. He's middle nuts. of the road is Middle of the road is where you get hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I like that analogy. But actually, when when the when the polling comes out, and I know these are just polls, Dave, whatever. But when general polling comes out, you look at stuff that Bernie stands for and progressives, Elizabeth Warren and certain things that that they want, like taxing the rich. Most people are for it. And even a lot of Republican voters are for it. They just won't vote for those candidates with D's next to their name. Right. So. It's not so, that, it's not far out there, Dave. It's not weird. Oh, let's destroy. You know, hopefully Bernie gets in. We rebuild the Democratic Party, and then we encourage third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth parties, and and have an actual, you know, like a, like what do have, how do other people do it? A representation democracy, proportional what? representation, not winner take all. Thank you. So it's not winner take all. So every group gets a few people in the government that represent them. If you pass a certain threshold, you get that that percentage in the legislative body. If you get five percent right. of the vote, you can't get two or three percent. And I, I understand the threshold. I think is a good idea. Absolutely. But if you get a certain number, if you get up, say, let's say, like seven percent, you get seven percent representation in Congress. Boom. Makes I a would lot of sense to me. Agree with that. I would not dis- I, I don't have a problem with that at all. How do you feel about delegates and super delegates? You know, Dave, I gotta be honest with you. It really just gives me a headache. I really like, huh? Huh? What? Well, I it, and I, I'm, I'm just or this is all just my opinion and uh-huh. my intuition, but I think it's meant to do that. <laughs> I think it's meant to confuse the fuck out of us. We don't know who these delegates are. They don't have to tell us their names. We know we never get a list of them. We don't know who they work for, who's paying them to be a delegate, right? Are you getting yeah. paid to be a delegate? Are you volunteering? Like, what do you do nine to five? What have you been doing for the last 30, 40 years? We don't know these people, right? So to, I'm suspect. 
I think, I think it's rigged in favor of the elite to be able to counter the public vote. If the public vote just goes like, you know, over the top for the public. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Dave, I don't want to dumb things down all the time, but I think there is something to the old slogan, keep it simple, stupid, kind of like, you know, I get the electoral college. That's not that hard to figure out, but isn't it simpler and make it more straightforward that if you get 10 votes and the other person gets nine, you You win. win. That doesn't make more sense. Doesn't it? Thank you. We agree on this one then. So you're, you don't Telling, dig the electoral college either. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't want to change the rules in the middle of the game. Okay, these are the rules that we play by. That's fine. But, but next time, <laughs> let's get rid of that shit. Why does South Dakota get as much representation in Congress? Or I'm sorry, as much representation in the Senate that California does? It's ridiculous, isn't it? That's Who lives? Kind of, how? It's like fucking two. It's like two fucking. uh, Anyway, never mind. Nobody's in North Dakota. Yeah, there's more people on the 101 freeway at rush hour than there is in the whole state of South Dakota. Thank you. I mean, it's just like this is nuts. I'm not saying they don't deserve representation, but how about representation to representation, representation proportional to their, the, the, the number of people that are there? Like representation they do in Congress. that represents the people. They do that right. in Congress. Why don't they do that in the Senate? I don't. I, I think I think because of what I just said, I think there has to be a backdoor mechanism to supersede the public vote. Hmm. And Somehow, I mean, some way, it just doesn't seem to, to make a whole lot of sense to me. We saw it with George Bush and Al Gore, right? The election was absolutely swindled, scammed, and then stolen. There was gerrymandering and all this shit. And then it was flat out stolen in the end. They were going to do a recount. Supreme Court stepped in and demanded that the recount stop. Like, what? And and their 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 final statement was that it's more important to know who the president is now than to take the time to do the count. Like, no, it's more important to know who the right president is than to know right away. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, after the election, Dave, we still got how many months before the new president is sworn in? Thank November you. to January, right? It wasn't like there was an empty seat and oh my god, we got to fill this, right? Yeah. Who's going to who's going to tell the military what to do? Oh no. Right. It wasn't about that. Everything covered. You got months. No, I mean there's another thing I wish, you know, the Democratic Party and the the um progressive wing of the democratic party especially dave could could make more of is that you know voter suppression gerrymandering you know got you know this 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 is a real stuff dave i mean letting letting politicians pick the voters rather than the voters pick the politicians how does that make sense that's what gerrymandering is all about and it's done on the other side too 
Yeah, it only makes do it sense. Too. It only makes sense if the politicians are getting paid. Well, like why safe seats? It's a safe seat. Oh, because you you locked in all. Oh, shoot. I think we lost Tony there. He said his phone was going to die, and and there it went. But that was a pretty fantastic conversation. We covered a lot of ground. Um, So thanks for hanging with us. Wow, almost an hour and a half. Anyway, this has been Dave Smith with And Another Thing with Dave. Thanks for tuning in. So we're now live on Spotify as well as anchor.fm. You can also find me on YouTube and another thing with Dave. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I appreciate all the listener support. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for tuning in. Feel free to comment. Um, you can add voice comments on Anchor or uh, you know, feel free to chime in on social media with anything I'm talking about, anything you're passionate about, um, any topics that you would like me to cover in a podcast, as a matter of fact. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Smith with three T's, uh, Instagram at and another thing with Dave, and on YouTube and another thing with Dave, um, Anchor.fm, where I'm recording my podcast, and also at uh, Spotify and another thing with Dave. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode and uh, hope to hear your feedback. Peace out and keep fighting.